people and welcome again to another episode of Figurisms. I am your host Grant Trimble and in this show I talk to all kinds of creatives such as models, photographers, painters, etc. that utilize nudity in their work. The purpose of this is to try and understand with greater depth the message, meaning, and choices behind the people traveling this path to foster a greater comprehension of the use of nudity in the arts. These topics personally interest me as I myself fall into this category, but the motivations behind why people are drawn to this can be very wide-ranging. They usually begin at a deeply personal level, but can also give rise to bigger statements meant to address the public as a whole. My hope is to alleviate some of the stigmas surrounding this endeavor, as well as try and add some context to the greater cultural dialogue regarding sexuality. My guest in this episode is Maria, aka Ophelia, aka Reina de Aguacate. I hope I pronounced that correctly, but if you are ever wanting to know who the queen of the avocados is, now you do. Maria is currently living in Berlin, but we first met actually in Ecuador where she modeled for me. We talk a little bit about this, but branch out into a wide range of topics that include her creative exploits, her struggle with feeling isolated, you'll see this actually comes from a variety of circumstances, how she openly handles insecurity, the energy to keep going, and the role motherhood plays in this, as well as the desire to leave something behind. One of the things I really appreciate about Maria is how candid and open she is, even when making observations that go against the grain of popular perspectives. At one point in the interview, we do run into a little bit of issues with the sound quality, just to give you a heads up with that. But in my opinion, this does very little to take away from what is actually being shared. As this is a long-form interview, my suggestion, as it was in the last episode, is to sit back, relax, and let what Maria has to say sink in. One of the first things that I wanted to touch on was how we actually met, which I think is an interesting story. Yeah. Did you want to go ahead and talk about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, we met in a very, I would say very special time in my life because I was kind of at the peak of this experimentation, you know, uh, doing some photo shoots uh, involving nudity. I mean, I've, I had already done it like uh, three or four years before I met you uh, a few times. But at the same time, it wasn't completely, how can I say I wasn't sure what I was doing or why I was doing it. It was just as a, a form of experimentation for me because um, I like to try new things. I like to explore. Um, and so it started basically as that. And then the more I was doing it, the more I was realizing that there was a very personal search in what I was doing. And I started to question myself, you know, why am I doing this? Um, and I think, of course, the the reasons why have been evolving through time and been evolving through uh, the shoots that I've had. And I think with you uh, specifically, it came to a turning point because I think the way we, we handled it was very different than what I was used to. So I was very used to, uh, you know, someone contact me 
And okay, let's make pictures. So we would meet up and instantly just start doing pictures, you know, like uh, that's what you came for, that's what you do. And then thank you, goodbye, and then we leave. So it wasn't much of a, it didn't become so personal, you know. Yeah. But, uh, definitely with you. It was interesting because uh, we actually took the time to have a good conversation. Um, we actually took the time to kind of, you know, get to know each other, understand each other a little bit, like our background, uh, the reasons why we're doing this. Um, just, you know, just talk as if as if we were friends, as if we uh, known each other for a long time. So that was uh, actually interesting because I could feel the difference, you know, the difference of working. Uh, when it's not in such a personal manner and working when it's, when it becomes, uh, almost like, um, how do you say, like you have a connection with someone. So I did feel that, um, everything becomes a little bit more real. You know, you're not so much thinking about, Oh, what's the other person's reaction going to be, uh, if I do this or if I try this, there's a connection Um, kind of on a deeper level. Yes, where we we yes. really connected personally and we're able to tell uh, even our stories and backgrounds. And I think one of the interesting parts of all of it as well is the the backdrop of all of this happened in Ecuador, which is where we were yeah. living. And we, yeah. co- we connected, which is kind of, it's a funny story even to me, but we connected through a friend of mine. His name's Edwin. He's the editor-in-chief for Soda Pop. You know, I mentioned that I hadn't shot in a while, and he said, let me get, find a model for you. And he was actually living in Tokyo at the time, which, yeah. is, which is funny to me because here he was living in Tokyo. I was living in Ecuador, and he found a model for me to shoot through, I assume he contacted you through Instagram. Is that how he found you? Yeah. Yeah, through Instagram. Yeah, so it always is kind of funny of me. It's funny to me thinking about that and kind of the how we ended up connecting through someone that was living in Tokyo. That mm-hmm. that's always kind of a funny. <laughs> you know, that's always kind of a funny little uh, fact for me. But we 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 met at your apartment. I think that that right there is even a, a big sign of trust and a, a big show of trust to anyone that kind of allows you into their home, especially. It can be a vulnerable situation, um, both physically and emotionally. Yeah. But I, I, right away, I just remember yeah. we connected, like we were had kind yeah. of been friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, completely. For me, it was um, I and I. You know, I actually think we even talked about this that day. Uh, that it's very rare that you have such a connection with someone that you just meet. You know. Yeah. It's, it's very rare that uh, people are completely sincere. Uh, not only with you, but with themselves about, um, you know, how they're presenting themselves. And um, I think uh, with you and I, it was was always very true. It was always very sincere. We even talked about some, you know, some uh, issues that we've had, some similarities, some hard times that we've gone through that was kind of similar in a way. So I also think we connected through there, which was... um, very important because I was at a point in my life that I was dealing a lot with, you know, things such as depression and anxiety attacks and uh, feeling very lonely. So uh, it was also interesting how, how the conversation evolved to that. And then also how in the pictures, because I, you know, like looking through all the photos that we have made, uh, we made a lot of pictures. It wasn't that only that one time. Yeah, we, we just shot that one day. 
And it's almost Ooh. like we had multiple shoots within that day, but we spent, we were able to spend a lot of time together, which I personally really loved because yeah. that's not something that I even get to do as a photographer is spend a lot of time with the person that you work with. If, if it's, especially if it's someone that you just met. So it was kind of a, a really special moment to be able to meet you and connect with you on such a deep level and create something that was both, uh, it was meaningful to both of us. And it, it, that is kind of a, a very rare thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. I agree. I think, um, well, I think we're both uh, similar maybe in that way that we are, you know, that we trust. I mean, when we are very, how do you say, we guide ourselves a lot by energy and how, how it feels, you know? So for us, it was okay. So we meet each other. It felt really nice. We, we, we felt like we were in a familiar place. So that allowed us to really open ourselves up. And I, you can see the, the evolution, you know, through the pictures from the first picture you took to the last, you can see how, um, how it evolved and how it changed and how each different uh, session that was uh, made in the house has a different tone to it and like a, a different feeling. And uh, it's very nice, very, um, I don't know. I had never done something like that in my life. And recently you've been posting pictures on your Instagram from that shoot. It was there, yeah. was there, is there a reason why you decided to post some of those photos? Was it because you knew that you're going to be interviewing and you kind of went back and were reflecting or what, what was the motivation behind that? No, actually it was just a, a feeling lately. I've been going through my, my disc and uh, kind of organizing all the shoots that I have made so far. And, uh, then I started looking at our shoot and then I realized like, oh, hey, I have so many good pictures here and like important pictures that say a lot, you know, that I would like other people to see. So I just uh, started posting them on, on Instagram. Those that shoot, I revisit quite a bit because there is something in the feel that is representative of something that I'm trying to do, I think, through all of my work. And I, I think that a lot of it comes down to there being a a connection, just kind of a real genuine connection and a friendship there. And that's mm -hmm. something that I really appreciate. Um, I wanted to jump though, to where you are now. Uh, you're currently living in Berlin. And when I first met you, you were single living in Ecuador. Now you're married with a child and that's a pretty dramatic change there, <laughs> which is a kind of a whole story in and of itself, but you've recently done some work and it was with a group or with an artist? What what was the situ situation there? Oh, yes. This was with a group of uh, Russian artists, actually. It was a workshop that they were conducting here in Berlin. Um, I saw it sponsored on Instagram. I found it very interesting what it was about. Um, the title is uh, Sex mit Dingen, which means sex with things. And basically, this workshop uh, was treating about how nowadays with so much technology that we have in our hands you know like everything is a screen everything is uh it goes down to the cell phone to the computer to the internet we have uh so many outlets to communicate um that we are missing uh real touch with people you know um uh, we're kind of like becoming um everything's virtual yeah yeah we're coming we're kind of becoming little machines along with our machines and um it becomes like this very uh, strange evolution in how people 
um, how do you say, how they connect with each other. So now you see a lot of, you know, there's like porn everywhere. There's like Skype, like you can have sex with someone through the, the, the webcam or through the phone or through sexting. So like you use all the time, like these outlets as a way of connecting with the other people, but it's not, it's not so real anymore, you know? So it kind of has to do with that, how it has evolved to this and how people um, kind of, um, how do you say, how they behave around these objects that connect them supposedly to another human being. What appealed to you particularly about that project? I guess to me it really called my attention because nowadays I feel, um, not all of the time, but uh, most of the time I feel very isolated um, since I've been dealing a lot with my maternity and becoming a new mom and having a little baby and also, you know, being new, uh, recently new to the city. Um, it's not that I know many people and, and it's also that I kind of, felt the need to be in my own personal space. I feel that I have been dealing with a lot of things and uh, sometimes it's quite a lot to handle. So I, I do, I like to isolate myself. I also do it on purpose. And uh, I have found that it's been very interesting how my, my relationships have re pretty much reduced to a screen because I talk to a lot of people actually, but mostly people that are in Ecuador. So like my mom, uh, my best friend, uh, you know, like family and friends. And I'm usually on the cell phone and like uh, sending voice notes or through video chat. And for me, it was like, okay, it's not really that, it doesn't really have to do with sex, but of course it has to do with how my relationships have changed and reduced to a screen, which is in a way, you know, kind of what this is about. Yeah. So yeah, that's why it called my attention, and uh, it was it was very fun. It was a very fun workshop. I feel that we did a lot of experimentation, and uh, I met a lot of new uh, open-minded people, which is also always very nice. And uh, I also feel now, uh, as a mother, my my personal view, my my artist view, my individual view has changed. A lot of things have changed. My priorities have changed. My body has changed. You know, like it's just completely everything has turned around for me. So I am kind of, I feel like I am relearning everything that I already thought that I learned, you know, just because I kind of want to start going in a different direction. So these changes, I, w I would assume, are both good and bad changes and kind of a mixture yeah, I mean between... A mixture of those? I mean, more than uh, good or bad, I would say, you know, happy and uh, sad, uh, soft and also very hard, you know, like uh, there's things that have been pretty, you know, like maybe I wouldn't say easy, but simple. And there's other things that are uh, still up till now uh, very complicated and, and uh, very complex. And I am trying to, to understand it. So what is the role of nudity then in your art and in all of this? What is its importance and why did you choose to use it? Well, for me, uh, I have always been very open-minded about nudity. Um, I actually really do not understand, you know, most of people's point of view about that. Um, it just, it doesn't come natural to me, uh, to, to see it as a 
as a dirty dirty thing you know um i think it's like the most natural form of being you know we are born naked and uh also i don't understand this um this shame with with your own body i i i have no idea how that can be a positive thing you know i think that everyone should be proud of their body and uh it doesn't matter what it looks like but more because of what it does because it's your it's your vessel you know it's it's you and it's the purest form of yourself you know being naked is like uh it's like being completely vulnerable you know no no cloths hiding anything just yourself and i just find it so very real and so very rich that um i've liked to explore it also in a sense that to understand why people um always have to look at the body in such a sexual perverse way you know and i i think that it's just so much more than that did uh, do you remember at what point you remember saw a contrast between the way that you thought and the way that other people thought did you did you always have an openness as in regards to your body and sexuality and nudity yeah uh, i always i always had and um was it something that had... your parents did did they teach you that or were they completely different was this something you learned on your own uh, it was something that i learned on my own uh, because my family is very christian very religious and they have a lot of very strong points of view about that and uh uh, I think it was, I also did it as a form of liberation, you know, because all the time as a little girl, I was told like, oh, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. And, you know, if you're a girl, you should look like this and not be sitting like this. Like all this time, all these times putting like so many rules and so many limitations just because I'm a girl. And uh, I didn't like that at all, you know, at all. So for me, it was like a way of uh, breaking breaking away from all of those no's and all of those prohibitions and trying to understand, you know, why yeah, more than no. Okay. Okay. So no, why, why not? You know, like uh, I always, I was always a, as a little girl, I was always a person that would question everything until now, you know, <laughs> until now I'm always like, why, why, why? Because I, I always think it's important to ask why I think we're very used to people telling us what to do and, and we just say, okay. And, and that's it. And you don't question it. And that's like the main, um, that's how you evolve in life. That's how you grow. You know, you have to question it all. So for me, it was more of a question to all of these no's that I got all the time. And it was more of a, a search that I did on my own. When you said you always question why, and it seems that there's a lot of people, there's a lack of people wanting to ask why they kind of accept the statements that they're they're given and told to do. Do you I'm trying to think of the best way to say this? Do you remember, I guess, a time when you saw nude? You realize you saw nudity and sexuality different than others. Hmm. I mean, like, is there an example at growing up that kind of is a reference point for yourself where you? I mean, something yeah, stuck I out. Mean, in school, for example, I would always be, I mean, I was always quite popular because I would never go, uh, I was never a follower, you know, I was always a leader. So it would uh, always be that I was very popular, but I was also at the same time very criticized and uh, um, insulted. Like uh, I would get called a slut or a whore or a bitch or, you know, like all these very uh, sexist um 
how do you call anti sexist uh, uh, derogatory yeah, insults. insults yeah yeah so I would always have to deal with that and it's something that caused a lot of um, a lot of questioning in myself and a lot of hard times and a lot of uh, vulnerability and a lot of sadness you know I, I would feel like why are these people rejecting me um, why why do they pretend like they want to be my friends but at the same time when I turn around they're like talking all this shit about me and uh, um, even with what reason you know like uh, what's the what's the reasoning behind all this bullying and um, I could never quite grasp it actually until I was of course more mature and more adult um, and so from that point I would I started to 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 question maybe there is something that I do different that makes them feel this way about me. But it's not necessarily that it's me that is wrong, you know, most likely it's them. That's what I was thinking at that time. It's most likely them, but uh, how do I find out? So that, that's when I started uh, kind of exploring also with my sexual side, you know, like um, I lost my virginity when I was 15. Um, so it's not like, a, it's not like, Super early, but it's also not so late, you know, this is kind of like, I was a kid still. And um, I started also exploring about my sexual preferences, you know, like, uh, is it really that I want to be with men or is it that I want to be with women or is it that I want to be with both? Like, uh, I just started looking into it to kind of understand why are people criticizing me so much and is what I'm doing really wrong or is it just a natural thing that is looked upon like so many others in society? I mean, you know better than I do, but this is all taking place in a, in a very conservative environment, more so, I would say, than in the United States. And in the United States, we deal with our fair share of this kind of shaming and stuff like this. But I, I, I think it's important that people understand it's probably a bit elevated where you came from. Is that an, yeah. a fair assessment? Do you think that's accurate or...? No, yeah, of course, I do think I do think it's accurate. Uh, I mean, in the States, I also had my share of uh, bullying and shaming, but I think mostly because I was in a Christian school. So, um, of course, the people that surrounded me were very strong on their dogmas and uh, uh, felt the need to, to criticize and judge. But mostly, yes, it was worse in Quito. And, uh, I mean, in the coast, you know, maybe the people are, are a bit more happy, a, a bit more charismatic, um, a bit more outgoing, not so, not so close minded when it comes to clothing, because of course it's super hot there and you have the beach and like, uh, there's a little bit more of a, it's more relaxing in, in that subject there, but, uh, it's still really, really conservative and they're still, uh, very hypocritical and, uh, it's still a very, very religious, uh, also very religious place, the coast, you know, how, how in much, general, how much time did you spend in the U S uh, yeah, weren't you around eight? You, you spent, I, I'm from my memory. It's like about five years. Is that, I was about four, three to four years. Okay. Three to four years. And what were those ages? I was from 12 till uh, almost turning 16. Okay. So, so that's one of the reasons why your English is so good. But Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah, yeah I'm very American. <laughs> I couldn't quite remember how old you were at that time, just to, to give a reference point there. But um, yeah. Yeah, you were saying... Um, you were saying though Ecuador is very conservative, even if it's I on the coast or not. Ten times, ten times worse. Yes, Ecuador is really something that um, 
worries me, saddens me a lot. You know, I, I always felt very out of place there, always. Uh, I had a very strong desire to leave for a very long time um, because I, I I always felt so, so out of place and uh, so misunderstood, you know. And um, I can say, actually, that for the first time here in Berlin, I have felt a lot of liberation on that subject, a lot of what I knew that I could feel at one point if I left. And uh, now that I am living it here, it is really, um, it's a relief, you know, it's really a relief. What are some of the big contrasts then for you between Ecuador and Berlin? Well, first of all, I find that uh, most of the people I have met here are very genuine. People are very genuine, uh, very not, they're not afraid to be themselves. You know, you see a lot of crazy shit all the time. And uh, a lot of people just, I, I've seen very um, unique, unique people. And um, this creates, of course, um, a place that is very full of, um, how do you say, like a lot of freedom, you know, you see, you go to the lake and for example, you see people bathing naked uh, in front of strangers, uh, you go to the pool, you also see naked people like, uh, they're very much free with their, their sexuality and their bodies. And, um, you know, also here there's a lot of sex clubs and, you know, here it's like very much, uh, a very freed up place in that sense. And, and all this, uh, sexuality and, and, and body wise, you know, and, um, well, what is it about that, that uh, appeals to you? Um, well, first, because it's something that I, I never experienced before in my life. Um, it's like a, it's like very much, yeah, you do feel a lot of liberation. And I do think that's why a lot of people want to be here, you know. And I, I also think that's why this place has become such a hip place to be, because there's also a lot of artists. It's like a huge art scene. And uh, therefore, there's a lot of uh, open-minded people. And um, yeah, honestly, I had never been shamed upon because of how I dress or how I look or the pictures that I make or my sexual preference or, uh, you know, I have never been shamed here because of that. And that just gives me a, a sense of warmth, a sense of home that I had never felt before. You model, we're talking about your modeling, but you also create in other respects. Can you tell us a little bit about what else you do? Because I know of something that's very important to you actually is, is dancing. That's a way yeah. that you express yourself. And that's something that you have a deep connection to. Are you able to tell us a little bit kind of about your background, your creative backgrounds in other respects other than um, just your, your modeling? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, ever since I was little, I explored a lot of different uh, dancing techniques. So I did some ballet for some years. Uh, I did some hip hop dancing. Um, I did some gymnastics. Like I explore a little bit of movement in general. Uh, I also um, explored in theater and uh, contemporary dance. Uh, once I was in the university, I studied film, which uh, I really like because I see myself as a very visual artist. Uh, my memory is quite visual also. So um kind of went that way, also exploring with photography for quite some time now. Um, I also like to write. I, I'm, I'm very, 
I, I multitask a lot when it comes to art because I, I feel kind of lost right now. I feel that I like all these different things and I like to do, you know, different things in order to understand myself better and to develop uh, in a creative way. Um, and dancing, of course, is something that has always been there because ever since I was little, you know, my mom has shown me videos of myself uh, dancing like crazy to the music. And uh, my mom was always showing me like uh, these amazing songs and bands that up to today I still love and remember. And um, so I was always very musical and dancing became uh, like a very very much a part of me actually once I started experimenting in in the right way because as I told you before um, I did ballet and like uh, some hip-hop and uh, contemporary dance and of course this in a way has you know per, uh, parameters and uh, limitations and um, it's I mean it's fun it's a great way to discipline yourself also and to get to know it uh, but for me, it was also like, okay, I want to feel a little bit more freedom when I'm dancing because for me, dancing is that, you know, is the very fact that you can just uh, move your body however you want it and have a true deep connection with the music that you're, you're feeling and that you're listening to. And uh, it becomes like this very unique way of expression uh, for my, for me, that's how I see it. And uh um, very much also like a sense of liberation. Um, so when I, I dance, I, I don't like to to put thought into it. You know, I just like to to go along with with what I'm feeling. And um, I do feel that I've explored quite a bit of that, and 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 I love it. Now you mentioned expression. Where does you, the nudity fit into this expression? I guess what if you were trying to make a statement with your work. What does that statement sound like or look like? I think uh, hmm, I think it's very much a statement of self-empowerment. Uh, I feel that the body has become very much this uh, kind of like a political subject, you know, uh, especially towards women, like, uh, uh, like all these parameters that they want to put, like all these... Uh, Oh, all this bullshit, really, because it's bullshit, you know, like uh, like the body of a woman has to be this way or that way in order to be a nice or a beautiful body. And if it's not like that, um, then they make you feel very insecure. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that a lot of the the, the emotional baggage that uh, women carry and, and maybe not even women, you know, maybe all of us carry nowadays is because of all these pressures of uh looking perfect and having the perfect body and uh and if you don't have it then there comes this feeling of oh you should be ashamed or you should not feel like you're worthy enough or beautiful enough and i just think that it's a load of shit and uh i i like any other person have a lot of insecurities about myself you know i, I am very insecure in, in a lot of things and for me the way to handle it to handle this insecurity is to to show it Instead of to cover it up, I want to show it because that's the way that I am be being honest, not only with myself, but with the rest of the people. We, I, I feel that we tend to to hide the things that we are insecure about, you know. Uh, face we tend it head to, on. Yeah, yeah, we tend to uh, make it look like it's something else. And I think that's 
that's lying to yourself. And um, I think that's never going to get you anywhere, but to feel even more ashamed and you're never going to get over this insecurity that is probably going to fuck you up the rest of your life. You know, I think that uh, there has to come a point in which you have to evolve and um, this has to change. And uh, for me, that's what I try to express, you know, self-empowerment through, through, through the body and uh, like saying, you know, Hey, it's okay. Uh, I don't, I may not look like a supermodel. I may not have like all the qualities that make my body perfect, but this is my body and I love it and I am not ashamed of it. And I think no one should be. So um, I actually didn't realize that I was doing this until I started getting a bunch of messages from, from different people all the time. Like, uh, Hey, I really love your work. You know, it makes me feel that I, I can be, I can be open about my body and the way I look and I can be sincere with myself and with others and uh, finding nudity as this beautiful thing as, 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 as this, you know, as a part of ourselves and instead of uh, shaming on it and uh, putting all these uh, negative, negative uh, thoughts to it. And uh, that's when I realized, okay, I really do think that I'm doing something valuable here because I do feel sometimes that Instagram, um, you know, social media in general can kind of deform uh, in a way what you're trying to say or what you're doing, or even sometimes, you know, become like this very um, fake thing. And so uh, seeing that I have a little bit of influence in it, um, I was saying to myself always like, I want to 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 generate some content content that uh, people will see and, and feel something from it and think something from it and not just, you know, selfies or, or what I had to eat, but just really things that will make other people think and feel, even if, you know, even if they feel like I hate this, you know, what is this girl posting a uh, picture of herself naked? Like who does she think she is? You know, like I'm, I've, I have also created a lot of hate and a lot of judgment and uh, people that have written to me also in a very negative sense. And, uh, but I actually do feel that even that is important because even if they hate it and if they criticize it, they are taking the time to think about it and to rationalize it in a way and to even, you know, uh, contact me about it and say something. And so for me, that's important. That's very, very important. Yeah, that that's, there's a, lo a lot of information in there um, that I know I'm going to enjoy personally going back over and listening to because that was a, I think a lot of things that people don't, like you said, trying to instigate something and make people think about it. And yeah. and it goes back to what you were saying earlier as to most people don't think why sort of things are the way they, they are. They just kind of mm -hmm. respond and drudge along, reacting to how they think that they should be as opposed to really questioning why something is the way that the, the, it is. And, and the fact yeah. that you have dealt, I, I know you've talked, we've talked about this before, but you have dealt with a lot of people, total strangers writing to you. And I, and I think a, a lot of other people who kind of entered into the same kind of work, especially women, not so much men, but I think especially women, they get this kind of negative reaction and people feel that it's okay to say incredibly horrible things to them and yeah. shame them kind of almost into submission is really the the end goal, you know? And I, I think people leverage shame quite a bit and it's unhealthy, I think, in all respects. But yeah, I yeah, think making yeah. that statement is is very important to me 
and obviously it is to you as well. Yeah, um, yeah, completely. One one of the things I think about though, you know, we're talking a lot about nudity and nudity is part of our sexuality. What does sexuality mean to you other than just simply the act of having sex? Because the and I'll kind of give you sort of the maybe the way that I see it. I'll, I'll I'll try to be brief here, but the way that I see sexuality is a way in which we interact with kind of everybody, and I think that may sound bizarre to a lot of people because when they think when people think of sexuality, they just think of the act of sex or yeah. or essentially trying to have sex with somebody. But yeah. I really see personally that all our relationships, there is a dynamic of sexuality involved. And I'm not saying, I'm saying this in not any kind of perverse way. I'm kind of thinking yeah. very broad about it. What are, what are your thoughts on that, on sexuality and stuff? I'll, I mean, I completely, I completely, completely agree with uh, everything you just said right now. Uh, for me, sexuality is is much more than the sexual act is yeah completely is this the way we interact with ourselves the way we interact with the world uh, the way we interact with others the way we see things um i mean i have always considered myself a very uh, sexual person and uh, not because you know you could say um i'm obsessed with sex or um because everything to me is sex but more because I feel that everything is related to, you know, to sex. And um, I feel that sex is also this, the, the way that we connect with others. Um, well, even one of the first things you establish whenever you meet someone is is kind of where do you stand essentially on this spectrum of sens- sexuality, in my, in my yeah. opinion. I, and like I said, I'm not trying to make, make everything just seem like it refers back to sex, but I think it's yeah. a fundal, fundamental way in which all of us actually interact with one another but it's completely yeah. intuitive and subconscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree completely. And um, even, even you know, the, I've discovered that the relationship between a mother and a baby, even that is sexual, even, even how it starts, you know. Uh, it, it's just crazy how it, it, it develops and how it's completely a sexual relationship without having to do anything with sex or uh, with anything perverse. Like you say, I also don't know how to quite um, grasp the idea yet or how to explain it. But even uh, with all the experiences that I have been through lately, you know, with uh, having a a vaginal birth, um, the breastfeeding, um, you know, like all these things that are uh, connected between my body and my baby and my sexuality and hers. And uh, for me, that's been a crazy way to also realize that indeed um, we are sexual beings ever since uh, our first day of life, ever since we're born, you know, and um, well, these things uh, kind of demand that you think of them in a more nuanced way. Whereas maybe before, you know, not having children, it is probably very easy to think of breasts and vagina and all these things there. These are made for sex. But then all of a sudden you have a child, you have a child, you give birth to them and you're breastfeeding. And then it confronts you with the reality that there is something a, a lot bigger going on behind all this. Yeah. 
Do yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you agree yeah. with that, or I mean, yeah. or can you add to that in any way? Because this is something that I'm even trying to figure out as well, is and and trying to call, call attention to the fact that we need to see things in a more nuanced way. We need to see things in a more multi-dimensional way. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think um, uh, you know everything is evolving, everything is changing. Um, the world changes, the, the point of view change, the, the way we interact changes, you know, like everything is constantly in change and therefore we have to be too in order to to remain, how do you say, updated, you know, in order to not need like, a, uh, in order to not be excluded from what's really going on and from having a, a, a conscious way of, of looking at things more than a correct way, you know, I don't really quite believe in that i believe that it's more about a con being conscious being conscious about stuff more than being correct about stuff so uh f in order to for us to be more conscious i think we have to give it a lot of thought and uh always be on top of things and trying to discover you know how this changes and how does it affect me and how do i affect others and you know like just constantly trying to 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 flow with things at the end of the day i think is that no it's like uh being able to flow with, with how things develop and evolve and uh and um well, yeah the, i, I well, was to say when, when you when you talk about that consciousness and being conscious what i think of and in, in the way that i would say it and i think i'm pretty sure it's how you are saying it but i think of being present being completely present in the moment and yeah. one of the difficult life lessons that I learned, or it hit me a lot later in life, a lot later, I'm sort of embarrassed how late it hit me, but the reality that happiness can only be found in the present. In the present moment is the only place that happiness can exist. And I think that's almost one of the importance, that's what meditation teaches us, is how to be present. And I think the meditative act can exist in everything that we do. It's just a call to being present. Yeah. And that's where I think you were kind of saying being conscious and having, yeah. having to me, I almost think of it as just being very present and seeing things as they really are, as opposed yeah. to just trying to break things down into this black and white, which I think that's where sexuality gets lost a lot. We, yeah. our brains like things and to be, they, we like to put these things in a black, very black and white situations. And I think that we're actually hurting ourselves by doing that in all aspects of life. But I think getting down to our most fundamental parts of ourselves, which includes sexuality, I think, especially as Americans, and I'm sure you, as you could see in Ecuador, when you eliminate that complexity, it's actually something that's painful. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is quite painful. Um, most of all, because, you know, also a way that I see sexuality now that I think of it is, um, for me, sexuality is, is, is passion, you know? Um, I don't know if maybe it's like, a, I think that, yes, of course, it has a lot to do with my culture, but also a lot to do with the person I am. Uh, I'm very passionate in, in everything that I do. I, I always like to be passionate about things and, uh, and, and do things for real, you know, like uh, do it like uh, I really mean it and mean it. And um, for me, that has a lot to do with, with sexuality because I think that uh, sexuality needs 
to have this passion in order to to remain uh, sensitive and um, um, and more how do you say more profound, you know, more than just uh, what we mentioned before, to be just much more than just a sexual act, but to be like an actual, um, how do you say, an actual presence in yourself, if you may. Uh, I don't know if it's correct, the words that I'm using, but yeah, to be like an actual entity almost, like a real force of energy um, that's actually genuine and uh, that more than it obeys to to social parameters, it, it, it obeys to to how you feel and, and, and you flow with it and, and become kind of like uh, entitled of it. And also it's kind of like a metamorphosis, you know, like uh, I kind of see it in, in this way, the sexual, uh, the sexual aspect is, is a lot of fire, a lot of passion, a lot of feeling and um, like a sensuality. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, you know, it, when you, when you do something just because you have to do it, like uh, let's say you're in a job and they give you like this horrible task that you have to do and you really hate it, but you do it anyway, you do it without this sexual um, presence, you know, you do it without the sexual feel or without the sexual intention because you're not feeling it. And, but when you really feel something and you do it because you really feel it, that's when I feel that the, the sexual aspect is, is activated and, and this is why I go along with it always. I, as I told you, I'm a very sexual person because I mean what I do. Do you know when you're connected to that? And can is it something conscious where you know when you're connected to it and when you're not? Especially in no, kind of the not. creative act? Or is it just kind of looking back and go, oh, I see that it wasn't there? And Yeah, it's more like it's, 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 more like it's looking back. I mean, now, Nowadays, I could say that uh, I am a little bit more aware of it than, than when I was younger because I understand it more. And, uh, of course, I can also uh, manage it uh, if, I, if I like. Um, so, in a sense, yes, I do manipulate it, but mostly it's there always looking back because it's, it's just something that's deep inside of me, how I am, how I, how I, I was molded, you know, how I am as a person. And... Um, um, I've had a lot of times that uh, people would tell me that I'm like a very sexual person, you know, that I have the sexual feel to myself. And uh, it's true. And it's because of this that I tell you. But I do believe that sometimes that is quite misunderstood as well. Yeah, I, I've, and this may sound very bizarre to some people, because it's not anything that I've consciously thought of myself. But there was actually a, a situation one time, it was Basically, I got disinvited to a wedding, even though my wife was in the wedding party. And, <laughs> and the the reason that was given, and it would take a lot of explaining, I think, too much explaining to to re to really maybe give people a true yeah. appreciation for this. But I think that they maybe can pick up on the absurdity of it to a degree. But I got disinvited to a wedding because I was I exuded too much of a sexual aura and to them the marriage <laughs> act was sacred and they didn't want it to be tainted with my presence and i'm oh, not wow. i'm not making this up <laughs> either it kind of hurts my head to even think about it sometimes it's it's just funny but at the same time people actually think that way and so i i guess i'm just telling that because i can i think maybe relate to to you on some yeah. level in regards to that that you know like you said you've been told 
you're too sexual. But I think that they mistake what the energy is. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree with that. And, uh, uh, and yeah, that's why also I had to, uh, it came to a point in my life that I had to really um, kind of separate myself from a lot of people that uh, were a part of my life and I considered to be important, but they didn't really understand me. They, they didn't really understand all this that I am talking to you about right now. And for me, it's just a very, very important part of me that if you don't quite grasp it, you know, it's okay but if the but if there's judgment to it and uh, if there's confusion to it, like as in that it turns in a negative uh, aspect, mm-hmm. it turns into a negative thing. Then uh, I find that the mo- the be- the best thing you can do is really uh, you know just walk away from that. And at some point, you will encounter people that actually do understand you and that actually uh, understand your vibe and can flow with it and can be okay with it. You know, and uh, that's you, what I'm looking for now. Do you find because there seems to be such a lack of understanding about what you do and maybe kind of your energy, you do you find it too difficult to actually really connect with people? And not that, because I know I've been around people and I, I like pretty much everyone that I meet, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I necessarily want to be around them all the time, not because they're bad people or anything like that, but just because I know that, 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 for example, my photography and that all this that we're talking about is such a big part of my life and that it's something that's people get very weirded out by that I yeah. know that they will be uncomfortable at a certain point and there will be a distance there. Do you kind of, yeah. do you ever run into that at all? Yeah, for sure. I, I do. Well, I mean, uh, like I said before, not here really, but in Ecuador, I used to run into that all the time. Uh, and feeling almost uh, isolated because of it. Yeah, feeling isolated because of it, even feeling paranoid, you know, because I I didn't know really who was being actually genuinely nice to me and uh, who was being hypocritical with me, because I knew that most of the people that I that I spent time with and that I talked to and that came up to me and I hung out with uh, were uh, the same people that were judging me and uh, and talking all the shit behind my back and. Um, looking down on me for for what I was doing and you know uh, I, I I started entering kind of like this yeah like this paranoid state of really not believing anyone anymore more than my my little few close friends um, which I really trusted and uh, I think that also limited me a lot for some time because I was just all the time hanging out with the same few people you know because I felt that they were the only people that I could really trust so uh that also made me realize, okay, I need a new, a new crowd. I need a new place to go to. And I, I want to expand myself because I felt like uh, in a rut a little bit, you know? Yeah. There was a question that I had that it, well, as you were in the middle of that, I'm, I'm hoping that I remember, but it completely escaped me there. But um, yeah. what, what then do you feel your work, what kind of statement do you feel that your, your work makes? Does that make, uh, maybe I can rephrase that. Um, do you, I guess, do you, do you hope that it has a bigger effect then? Is that your a kind of a conscious effort for you in doing yeah. all this? Or is it very much sort of just about a, a personal self-liberation and that's sort of been the process? Do you, do, I would assume the reason why you put it out there is, like you said, you, you, you want to have a bigger impact. What ultimately do you want to see 
kind of happen. Yeah, I mean, it did start as a as this very personal thing, which of course still is, and uh, it's always going to be uh, personal. Um, but then at one point in the uh, along the way, it also became like a, a, like a message to other people, you know. And uh, nowadays, I would say that it's equally important to me in a personal level as in uh, a social level and a political level, even if you like, you know, like a, in, a, in a level that uh, it actually speaks to other people and um that it it, it um, makes other people feel and think and uh, see and question. And um, what, was, what I was going to ask before, and it ties into this as well. So you have kind of this personal statement and this kind of bigger statement that you're working towards. And you talk about kind of the isolation and stuff that you felt growing up. What were your parents' reactions to all this? Do they Do they know this part of your life or... Is this something that you just kind of keep separate? Are you able to kind of segregate it? No, I would think actually this is something that I always dealt with. I always dealt myself because because uh, they were in such such a close-minded state all the time about the subjects, you know, like because of their religion and their beliefs that I, I always felt that if I would tell them what's happening, uh, I, I would already kind of know what the answer was going to be, you know, like... Uh, I already know that it wasn't going to help me more. It was going to limit me even more and make me feel worse than I was already feeling. So I decided to, to act upon it just by myself. And um, I was always dealing with this by myself, which was very hard, but at the same time made me learn a lot and made me get to know myself and uh, made me understand a lot of things that, uh, it was even better, you know, because I didn't have someone else molding my my thoughts. It was it was myself, so um, that it take, was a good. Well, that I'm that takes a lot of persistence to yeah. to do all of that because being alone through all of this. Did did you have someone that was a support in any of this that was really encouraging you, or that that was part of this world that kind of brought you in? How, how did you not only get into nude art modeling and working with nudity in your own art how did you get into this world and after you got into it how did you sustain it within within all of that well um i think i got into it through looking at at a lot of art you know at investigating a lot you know watching movies reading uh was there anything in particular that, that stands out I will. I remember actually this one experience, a very personal one. That well, it's not very personal, but it's a personal one. That um, when I was learning photography, I w- that was before I went to the university. I had just finished high school, and I was very interested in taking some some school from photography. And I remember that the first um, session that they organized in the school was uh, with nudes, um, and it was my first time ever that I had encountered this like a like a new person in front of me waiting to be, you know, like a, to be made into art. And uh, for me, that was quite, um, that was quite shocking, actually, not in a bad way, but in a very good way, because uh, I had never seen that. And I, I felt even a little bit uncomfortable at first, you know, I was like, uh, kind of questioning myself, like, why do I feel uncomfortable with this? If it, for me, it's such a natural thing. And then for me, you know, it's just something that I've always wanted to do in a way. Because I would always admire 
you know, like uh, these portraits, photography, like uh, black and white. Like, I don't know, maybe Man Ray or, you know, like special. Did you have a, a favorite artist at that time that worked with nudity? Um, I really love uh, Sally Mann. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel that, you know, it's very controversial and um, it has caused a lot of uh, impact in people. And I never understood really why, because for me, it was always such a beautiful thing. You know, everything that, that she made, all the photography she made and uh, uh, the kids and the nudity and just like this, this, this homely feeling, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It was for me always so beautiful that I, that's when I started looking at it as uh, a di- in, a, in a very different perspective, like uh, nudity is, is, is home, you know, nudity being nude is being at home. And um, so for me, it started, you know, whenever I would see artists that would make me kind of question nudity and, and, and see it in a different way, then I actually started doing it myself. And that allowed me to also look at it in a different way. And um of course, along the way, I realized my family was not very interested in this uh, because when I would talk about it or bring it up, um, there would always be like a controversial feel to it and like uh, an opposing conversation to it. Like, uh, you know, oh, you should respect your body and uh, people should respect their bodies enough like to not be naked and uh, showing it to other people that don't deserve it. And like all these kind of uh, very moral uh, thoughts to it. That which I didn't really like at all, of course, and I felt very misunderstood and I felt even disappointed, you know, I felt so disappointed that I was so excited about working on, on art uh, related to the subject and uh, of showing it to the world and to knowing what people would think. And I was very disappointed to see that most people would just uh, shame on it and uh, look down on it and not even want it as a subject, as a, as a, not even look at it as an important fact, you know, like I would never have my family come up to me and ask me about it or, or be interested about it in, in, in any way. So I do feel that it came uh, to a point that I stopped making art in a way. Um, like before going to the university, I, I was in this very existential crisis of not understanding really if I wanted to study something art related or if I should go for a more specific way, you know, I, I, was, I also, I, was that because of the negative feedback? Was that why you're questioning it? Yeah, I, I do believe so because for me, it felt uh, suddenly very lonely and uh, so misunderstood that I was like, you know, how am I, I don't know, how am I supposed to do this? You know, like how am I supposed to do something important if I, if I can't even talk about it in my own house? What made you push through? I think uh, the love for it, you know, the the fact that it always made me feel so free and uh, so sincere about it and that it actually made me feel like myself. I felt like myself when I was creating and when I was having all these ideas in my mind. Uh, I felt like I was completely being myself. So that's what always kept me going, you know, the fact that if in life you cannot be yourself, then what what do you have what are you living for uh who are you really you know what's what's the purpose of your existence if you're just being a big lie not only to the others but to yourself do you do you remember the moment or the time when you decided to commit yourself to it and i ask this because for myself 
I remember it was when my wife and I were first married and we're talking about, we got married in 2004. So it was 2005. I remember saying out loud and I was really nervous to say this to my wife, even though I had been shooting nudes and stuff like that for a little while, but I was nervous to tell her because it was a, a bit of a revelation to myself that all I really wanted to commit myself, my photography to was nude work. And I felt kind of a little embarrassed to say it out loud. Do you, do you have a point of time when you remembered that you just kind of wanted to commit yourself to this? Um, I think uh, in the university, it became a more mature thing for me. And uh, actually, you know, in my university, even though it was in Quito and everything, um, I encountered a lot of... Uh, teachers and professors and even classmates along the way that actually liked what I was doing, that uh, liked the way that I, that I thought about things, uh, liked my point of view, and that actually encouraged me to, to keep working on it and to keep going at it. And uh, that's when I realized that, um, you know, uh, this can actually work. And that motivated me because I do feel that even if it's a very personal search, uh, the art in general, uh, when you have people in the way that actually, you know, uh, like what you're doing also, more than criticize and judge it, that actually like it and encourage it, it gives you kind of like a, a desire to keep on, on exploring it because you can actually see that it's also talking or speaking positively to other people, uh, which is what I really which was, was really my intention the whole time. You know, what I really intended was to be positive about it and not to be such a downer on this, on the subject. So, yeah, I, I would say that in the university for me, it started to become like, uh, like, uh, finally, like a more real thing because I also started to understand it better. I feel that I was also in a more mature level personally, like to be able to finally break apart from all of this, um, uh, all of this bad timing that I had for, for quite some time during school and after. So that's kind of where you found a lot of your support was at university. Yeah, completely. And actually, um, one teacher specifically, which is always going to be my favorite. Um, he, I took like a, a gender theory with him and, um, I started learning about feminism and I started learning about, you know, all the all about gender and sexuality in, in, in such a different way and uh, what, what, what is the meaning of being queer? What does it represent to be queer? Uh, you know, like all these very, very important things that uh, I had never heard about really in my life. I mean, I, I had heard about it, but I had never really looked so much into it in such a profound way as to really that it opened up a whole new new world for me a whole new door that i was completely ignoring and uh do you have do you have some examples from that time where you had a shift in mentality where you thought one way but then you had this professor in this class that taught you something completely different well when he started teaching us about feminism and I, and i started you know really looking into it because i became in love with it as soon as i i started understanding it and I felt that my work, what I had done so far with the, with the modeling and, and my, even my writing and uh, 
you know, like a lot of things that I had done in the past, uh, I felt that it was connected to it somehow. I felt that the feminist aspect was very much always there, but I never really knew it. And uh, that's when I started actually understanding way more uh, really the effect of what I was doing and, and, and the weight of all of what I was doing. And I felt it suddenly as such an important thing, you know, not for the world, but for myself, um, that it was actually, that it started as a, this experimentation, but that it actually became this very concrete thing. And um, then I started, you know, looking into gender and all the possibilities that there is inside of it and how society makes you think, you know, that there's like a two-sided thing, like a binary thing, which when in reality it, it isn't, you know, and uh, it, that made me really question myself uh, again, you know, but in a very, very different way that I had never questioned myself. Uh, I mean, I kind of always understood that um, I liked both men and women, but this this gender topic definitely goes beyond that uh, and made me question more of myself you know like uh why why do i consider myself a woman um am i a feminine woman and does femininity make me a woman or you know like just all these questions that are not very they don't seem to be very normal nowadays because everything is so written down on stone what are some of the answers to those questions for you personally for me it simply means that men and women both you know, we deserve the same rights. Of course, men and women, we have different uh, way of beings. We are, we are, we function differently in, in, in some ways. And uh, that's also what makes the world so diverse and rich. And, and it's, it's perfect that it works this way, but it just, uh, it's just weird that, you know, women get treated differently in the in the social and in a political aspect. They get treated pretty much as, uh, you know, like very objectified all the time. Whereas to men, don't re they don't really get objectified and uh, they are taken seriously. And uh, they have like all these rights that, well, nowadays, of course, it's there's been a whole uh, evolution on that, you know, like uh, women actually... Uh, we are able to do more things than, than ever before, I would think so, in, in most parts of the world, not everywhere, of course. Uh, but at the same time, we're still uh, very limited in, in a lot of things, like, uh, for example, job-wise, you know, uh, with the fact that we get paid less, with the fact that uh, we get offered certain jobs and then certain jobs we don't because those are our jobs uh, for men, you know, quote-unquote. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I find all these things very 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 uh like they cause a lot of chaos in my mind you know like i i, I cannot completely understand it and uh, uh nowadays it, it even has changed a lot more because now with a daughter uh i actually i think also of her future and i also i think that i don't want her encountering a lot of things that i have encountered uh, because of sexism you know and, so one of the things that I would like to get your opinion on or your view on as someone who works with nudity and kind of exploring these different realms of sexuality, what is the difference to you between art, nudity and art and pornography? Well, I think that uh, pornography is very crude. 
you know i think that it 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 shows it is what it is. It is what it shows. It's just uh, pretty much about the sexual aspect, about the sex, about the, the having sex. When you say crude, uh, when you say crude, are you speaking morally, or are you talking more about this? No, no, I'm talking more about like the aesthetic, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, like, yeah, like it's very much a, like a crude, like a raw thing, and. Um, I mean, I actually haven't really explored uh, a, a lot on on pornography. I do, I do know that there's actually some artistic pornography. You know, I, I also know that pornography is not just this uh, this uh, how do you say this sexist industry uh, that exploits women and that objectify women. I, I also know that there's actually more artistic porn and more femin- feminist porn and like different kinds of porn. I haven't really looked so much into it to, to really know, you know, uh, more about it, but I, I what feel is that, that if line for you as someone who works with nudity, where does the distinction come for you? I mean, for me, I would think, I don't know, for example, in, in, in the photography that I've modeled for when I, when I've been nude, uh, I have never really thought of it as, uh, okay, I'm getting naked in front of the camera because I want people to feel pre- pleasure from looking at me, or to feel, uh, or to look at me a- a- in a completely sexual way. You know, uh, like in a, you could even say, I can't put this word. Um, kind of like a piece of meat. You know, like I haven't really uh, been wanting to completely just put myself out there because of that. I, for me, it's been more of a content behind it. So I do feel that the, the, the mainstream porn, you know, like generally speaking, it, it's basically for that, you know, like if you want a good wank or whatever you call it, a good masturbation, <laughs> and you don't have you don't have someone to to do it with and you go online you, you, you it's kind of utilitarian yeah it's utilitarian it? exactly and uh i don't feel that if, if the, the the stuff that i've made the, the pictures that i've modeled for nude i don't feel that it's been for that purpose solely you know i i feel that it's been for for a lot of things and uh are you offended and, if someone does look at it that way say lustfully no, or no, no. Okay, no because i Feel that it's also a part of art is that anyone can look at it the way that they want it to you know and if someone wants to look at it in a very sexual very appealing very like okay i'm gonna have a wank right now with this picture kind of way uh it's okay you know it's it's creating so it's like do you think that maybe they're missing a point though if that's all they can see if that's all they can see yes i i i would believe so i would believe that they're missing a point but you know, I mean, if you really understand where where it's going, and you can see it more in a in a pers- as a personal research type of thing as a statement, but then you also feel hot for it, then that's okay. But if you're just looking plainly as like a, a objectifying it, then it kind of it can be an issue for me. Which is something that honestly, yes, it has been an issue actually because I've. As well as I've had people, you know, write to me and tell me, oh, I, I, I love what you do. I love how you empower others through your nudity. I also have people telling me like, oh, hot mama, you know, you look amazing. Uh, you want to have sex? Uh, you know, like a treating me as if almost I was, like I was a prostitute selling myself in the social media, you know? Yeah, because unfortunately, 
they would see the fact that you put yourself out there being nude, that somehow that automatically equates to you want to sleep with everybody. Exactly. <laughs> Which the the logical conclusion there, there, yeah, there seems to be a bit of a logical leap in all of that. Not just seems to be, there, there is. But yeah, that's something that not too many men have to deal with if, if they engage in that kind of work for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, it's a, it's a complex area to navigate, I'm sure as, as a model and as someone who's engaging in work in that manner. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah, for example, I had someone the other day ask me, you know, like, do you, do you have sex with everyone that takes pictures of you? And I was like, uh, no, actually, I don't have sex with anyone that takes pictures of me, you know, like, uh, that's not really, that's not really the point, you know, I mean, uh, it's just funny how people just look at it this way that, uh, oh, you're naked in front of, uh, in front of someone holding a camera, then, of course, after that, you're going to have sex. And it's just for me, it's just very, very absurd, you know, like, uh, why does the fact that I have no clothes on uh, mean that uh, I want to have sex with this person when it's really not about that. Exactly. And, and I think that's one of the things that I really want to confront is there there are a lot of misconceptions around the whole process of this, uh, why people create with nudity, why people are involved in it to begin with. And I think it's important to know that what most people's perceptions are, are just not accurate. And yeah. I think that a lot of people can see nudity in art and they can appreciate it in certain ways, I, uh, my the example that I like to use is the Sistine Chapel. So there's nudity in the Sistine Chapel, and that's a church, and I think that makes a pretty big statement too about the beauty and the value of the human body. But yeah, besides all that, I think that people can very comfortably sit back and look at a painting. A photograph, I think, can be a bit more complicated, but Let's take a painting, for example. Someone who's very conservative can look at the Sistine Chapel or Michelangelo's David or something like that and go, well, isn't that beautiful? But they don't like to think about the process of how that was created. They don't like mm -hmm. to think that there was someone on the other end of that. There were models involved. There, there were human beings doing, you know, being nude and in these situations. So the end product, a lot of people can see as being very beautiful and good, but the way to get there, a lot of people think is very kind of dirty and they would rather not think about any of that at all. Yeah, I agree with you. Which I think is, some, is something that I, I want to kind of draw attention to. And a lot of people, like we said, think of photography, a, a model and a photographer and, they have those questions. I think that's probably one of the most common questions is, so do you have sex afterwards? Or how many, you know, how many people have you, do you have sex with after it? Like that's, that is what it's all about. And yeah. I think that it's not very common. I'm not saying it never happens, but I think it's probably more common that it doesn't happen, especially if you're, if people take it seriously and they're trying yeah. to create something. Um, I did encounter, um, you know, people that contacted me to, to make photos because uh, they were also interested in having sexual intercourse, you know, and uh, kind, I, I am, I mean, 
I don't want to completely, uh, you know, deny this person's um, legitimate. Uh, how do you say? Um, like, like it could saying. be sincerely artistic or something like that. I mean, when they contacted me, it could be that sincerely they did want to make pictures, but I also felt that maybe sometimes it, it was just an excuse, a way of uh, getting to me uh, in order to have uh, a sexual intercourse of some kind, you know, like uh, uh, maybe thinking that because of the fact that I would be nude, uh, this would turn me on or something. And Yeah, that, that, it's that, like a trick to get you into bed. Exactly, and I do feel that I... I was in quite some situations like that a few times and it made me very uncomfortable. And uh, it also made me really question sometimes when someone would write me, you know, like, uh, um, oh, hey, let's make pictures. I would I would start questioning myself, like, hmm, you know, I wonder if this person really wants to make pictures or if she's just interested in having sex with me or, you know, what's really the plan here? And I kind of started judge, uh, like uh, not judging, but like doubting, doubting others. And uh, I started, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. And I started turning down as well. Um, some people that would tell me that I would just not feel that it was right. You know, and I would say, you know, nothing, nothing. It's okay. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. So how do you personally navigate that? Do you have sort of rules or anything, or is it just kind of go off that feeling and intuition? Yeah, it's more like a feel. I also, of course, I look into the work. I see that I, that it's something that I aesthetically pleases me. It's something that I like. It's something that it goes according to also my vision. And uh, or if it's something could also be something completely different to what I'm used to, and maybe you know it's interesting in a way. Um, definitely, the work says a lot for me, and also the way that they approach the way that they write me or, or the words they use like for me it's very much of a, a feel there you know like if i feel that uh oh, this is this sounds to me a little bit sketchy uh then i i i i don't do it it's very easy to have this idealism towards all of this but there is kind of a dark side to to all of it as well and yeah. it's those people who are the looking to take advantage of situations that kind of destroy it for People who yeah, are they just, yes, completely, and they destroy it, and it's it's a shame, you know. I mean, it's a shame because it's exactly what you're trying to to turn away from. You know, you're actually trying to make a statement that that is completely the opposite of that. That says, hey, you know, I can be naked, but that doesn't give you the right to sexualize me. And I think and, uh, one of the things that it it just that just makes me think of when we first met and we first shot. It, it basically takes away a situation like that where two people can connect and make something that they feel very passionate about. Because as you've been talking about, you know, you're, it's the struggle and everything that you've gone through to get to where you are creatively as an expression and the statements that you've made through your work. It's taken you a lot to get to that point, a lot of loneliness, a lot of hardships, a lot of isolation. And you continue to do it because of a passion that you have and you keep, you keep pushing through. And I I think that's something that I think is a, is a testament to how you feel about it and, and other people that have gone through a lot. And these are the kind of things that I, I hope people can understand is how much people go through to actually try and accomplish these visions. All these hardships and, uh, and, uh, all these obstacles and, uh, all of, all of these, uh, yeah, if, if you want to put it this put it this way, like all of these judgmental people, uh, 
um, that you have to go through is in a way, in a way, a very, very hard thing to deal with. Uh, so it can become like a negative in a way, but it's also very positive because I think that it makes you really push yourself, uh, really question yourself even more so than than what normally you would question, you know, if you have people uh, pointing the finger at you and uh, criticizing you and questioning you, I feel that it also opens up doors to to question yourself even more and to, to even, to mean it even more, you know. And um, so I think that it can be both, of course, yeah, negative, but also very, very positive thing. So... Um, on one instance, it sucks that there's still people that think this way and that there's always a that think this way because I do think that it's something that, unfortunately, um, it's not like it's going to ever change. You know, I think it's a, that's more of a utopia we'll be talking about. Yeah. Um, but uh, it would be nice if with time, people could, uh, more people could evolve and could come to to an understanding with this with this uh with this thought you know with this way of being well you mentioned the word utopia what does that look like to you um i think my utopia would be yeah i guess a, a world in which you can you can completely and 100 yourself and uh and, and feel completely okay about it, and not only in a, in a personal way, but in a, in a social uh, aspect, you know, and, and, and an aspect of, okay, I am, I am part of the world, I am part of a society, um, I am part of, of, of something, um, and it actually makes me not want to run away, but it makes me want to stay, and it makes me want to be the best the best version of myself that there is, you know, because I do feel sometimes for me, at least, uh, when I, I come with these, when I come in, in contact with these obstacles and these hardships, sometimes I do feel like running away, you know, like sometimes I do feel like saying, okay, fuck it. And, um, just uh, throwing everything out the window because sometimes, you know, I'm just exhausted. And, um, what keeps you going in those situations? Well, uh, now I would say, Really, my daughter keeps me going, um, and also my 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 wanting to keep on exploring, my wanting to keep on making a difference uh, of some sort, making a even if it's the smallest change, you know. But making leaving something behind, I I I, I find it that that's what gives me uh, reason to wake up in the morning, you know, to know that, okay, if I'm here in the world and I leave something behind, doesn't even matter how small it is, but if, if I leave a little bit of a trace behind that someone can, can actually look and, 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 and it can take them somewhere new and they can make them question and it can have a little effect on someone, then I feel, I feel okay with existing, you know, I feel like I have a purpose to it. And I think that's what also keeps me going mostly. Do you feel that your work is properly represented? I look at what I do and I never feel it's good enough. But do you feel like your work is where, are you happy with where your work is? Uh, this is, yeah, this is a complex question because I actually have the same as you. I, I never really feel 100% satisfied or 100% content with my work. Uh, I think that's mostly the struggle of every artist, really, you know, that you're, you don't feel like it's like is enough. 
And I also feel that it's because you can always evolve into something else. Uh, you Also, you know, if you're very much of a, a changing person, of an adaptable person, of a flexible person, which I consider myself to be, every day uh, I, I am constantly changing. Every, every day I am constantly exploring and understanding new things. And with these things, it, it's hard to kind of keep uh, like a stability in, in, in the work that I make. So I feel that for me, my work is constantly changing. And of course, I feel that I am still very far away from what I really, really, um, what I really am looking for. And uh, I feel that right now it's just child's play. You know, right now it's just exploring and playing and uh, seeing what the outcome. And sometimes uh, I like it and sometimes I don't. And uh, But mostly also right now I do feel that I am kind of uh, exploring in a completely new way and a completely new road and um, I'm very excited for what's to come but at the same time I also have a lot of anxiety about it because yeah I am not happy with where I am right now. There's always seems to be a pressure that I feel and I don't it's not that someone told me this but there's always this pressure that I have feeling like I have to commit to one thing and intellectually I don't think that's accurate but I still Still can't help but keep falling back into that. I, I am quite uh, amused right now, quite impressed because I actually feel exactly the same way like you feel, and uh, not something that I find very common. Um, because most people, yeah, they like. I, I, I feel like like uh, put themselves in like a group. So like uh, I'm a filmmaker or I'm a photographer or you know. But for me, it that has never come off naturally. Some more technical difficulties, and we were we were talking though. I really wanted to hear what you have to say because we were talking about sort of being, I guess, what would be referred to as a multidiscipline artist. You are in a similar situation where you kind of feel trapped by. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you uh, completely because I've also always been very much of a multitasker, and as you said, you know, and not because I am completely amazing at everything. In fact, I. There's a lot of things that I do that I feel I have no talent in, but uh, I do I do them anyway because I feel that it's a very interesting way of uh, pushing myself, of exploring, of understanding myself, of understanding art in its different forms, and um, I think that's very important. And um, so, yeah, I've also, I've also always been doing like all types of different things, and for me, it has been kind of uh, problematic because I do in a social way, I do feel that kind of, I feel behind sometimes, you know, because I see some friends that I studied for him, for example, cinema with, and I would, I see them that they're completely dedicated to cinema and like making all these amazing productions. It makes you feel kind of guilty, right? Makes you feel guilty because I say, wow, really, if I would concentrate on one single thing, maybe I would get further with it, you know? Um, But since I'm always uh, like, uh, all, around everywhere with all these new ideas and like, I want to do this, but tomorrow I want to do some ceramic and, and the day after I want to paint and the day after that, I want to make a collage, you know, like I have all these different uh, desires of doing different things that I never really put my focus a hundred percent on one single thing. And sometimes, yeah, I do feel curious what would happen if I would do, but at the same time, it doesn't come up naturally for me, you know, like I also don't want to force it. I also don't want to, because then it, it stops being fun if I do it out of obligation of, okay, I have to define myself as a certain kind of artist. You know? When uh, we were in Ecuador, one of the things that you had was you had like a, a market that you started. 
Yeah. You're someone who thinks on a lot of different levels and wants to be creative on a lot of different scales. And that's yeah. something that I I see in you and I think I I can kind of identify with that and it's yeah. something that I appreciate. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, very nice to find other people that actually feel this way too and that, you know, feel that this is actually also another way of uh, another form of being, another form form of making art. Um, because I feel sometimes, you know, people that want to really, they, they, they ask, oh, what kind of artist are you or what do you make? And you, you kind of feel the obligation to, to respond to like this one single thing. And when you don't have that, you almost feel insecure about really can I really call myself an artist if I don't have this? You know, like that's, that's actually a crisis that I've been through quite a lot that uh, I question myself, like, am I really an artist? Because I'm not really, you know, it's not like I am completely talented in doing this one thing in an amazing way. Like more, uh, I have a lot of different things that I'm making at the same time, which I'm not sure where they're going yet. Um, but it's like a form of exploration, but I kind of, yeah, I question myself as an artist because of all this pressure that I feel sometimes. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, for me, it's kind of like an ego trip also, you know, kind of like an ego kind of thing, because for me really what's more important than the final result is, uh, the process is, is the search itself. And, um, I ask myself, once you become really, really good at something, let's say you start making uh, paintings and they become like these really amazing, beautiful paintings. And uh, once you become so good at it, uh, what's really next? You know, like uh, what is really the goal behind becoming amazing at one thing? Is it like an ego trip sort of thing? Is it because you want other people to see how really amazing you are and uh, you want feel um, uh, like you have success in a way and in, in, in being an artist like what does it really mean you know and, and this is also something that I, I also question because I don't know if I am interested in, in ever getting to that you know in like um, in like being admired because of how how good I am at something rather than uh, I think is more about um, the message that you're trying to give more than how beautifully something is made. I mean, the only thing that um, causes kind of like a problematic thought about this is that when when you're dealing with art, you know, some people would say that there is a, a technicality to it. Sometimes when you're managing, let's say you're a filmmaker, it's very important that you actually know your tools and that you actually know how to use them so that you can be effective in communicating through film. So what I find when you experiment with a lot of new and different things is that you not you don't necessarily know very much your tools, you know. It's not like you you're an expert on it because it's your first time doing it and it's your first time experimenting with it. And that's just that's kind of what makes me have a, a problematic thought about this uh, multitasking with the arts. But um, uh, what what is really art and what isn't? And uh, for me, that's something that actually I've been questioning myself this last week. Um, what really is art, and who does that? Who decides if it's art? You know, is it yourself or is it the people that are looking at it? Uh, who really decides if that is art or not, and what really makes it art? And, that's something that I've been questioning myself lately because it's very interesting how this changes forms along along the way, along time, along history. 
So what is next for you then? Well, for me right now, I feel that personally, I'm in a very, um, in a very complicated uh, and new situation that I am living. I do feel that as in a way that I have been reborn. I felt, I felt that in the birth of my daughter, actually, that when she was born, I was actually born again as well, because for me, you know, everything changed. And uh, I, I feel that I am in this new world because, you know, in a way I actually am. I am in this completely new place that I, I still tr- I'm trying to get a grasp on. And so for me, for now, I would say a lot of exploring, a lot of investigating, a lot of playing, a lot of questioning as always. And um new goals i have set myself some goals which is something that i didn't have before actually you know for me the goal would be okay create just because so art because i want to make art basically but now it's more than that i have set some goals for myself and i want to see how i can develop these goals along the years so i have really like a long-term vision right now do any of them involve or are you still, pl- I sh- should say, are you still planning on using nudity and exploring sexuality in that manner? Or is, are you, are you kind of going off in a totally different direction? I want to keep on going that as long as it flows. Uh, whenever I feel that it's just uh, not working anymore, for example, that I cannot find someone that can photograph me or that I'm just not, I'm not completely, you know, digging the idea anymore. I, I don't have a problem, uh, a problem on drifting away from it in a, more so in the modeling kind of way, in the modeling for photography like that. Um, I don't know if in, in, in any other types of form, maybe it'll come to evolution. Maybe I'll start exploring nudity in a different way. Uh, I think it's always going to be very much present because it's, it's something, you know, it's like very much a part of how I feel and how I see life. Um, but I kind of want to go also in a very concrete way. I am looking down to maybe start making you know, clothing, which is something that I always found very interesting. You know, the stylings also, I, I love it when I'm also modeling in, uh, in clothing that also has a, like a statement kind of, you know. Um, so I kind of feel that I, I actually want to explore a little bit more of that, like uh, kind of go in a different direction. And then to, to, to wrap up, I want to just ask some kind of quick fire questions for to yeah. you. What are some of the books that have impacted you the most or that you're currently reading? Well, uh, right now I'm reading actually uh, Carlos Castaneda. That I've been reading that. And well, another book that changed my life. uh, That's a very good question. I, I, I really love poetry books, actually. You know, I have like a whole collection of poetry books. One of my favorite that really changed my life uh, that I read like two years ago is Alejandra Pizarnik. And um, it's like, uh, she's a poet from Argentina that, well, she basically killed herself. And uh, she was very emotional, very, very, very sensitive person and very much connected to, to to her feelings and uh, to death and to like, she has a very special way of looking at life. And I really love her, her poetry. Something that we connected on music. What are some of your favorite bands? Oh, that's a hard one. It's, um, well, it's constantly changing. Really. Um, are there some mainstays in your repertoire that you can kind of always mean, go back to? Yes. I think Radiohead is 
probably my number one along with uh yeah. pink floyd and i'm seeing i'm seeing radiohead this month oh my god i am so jealous <laughs> yeah they're coming through they're coming through cincinnati so i'm pretty psyched uh, about that so in a couple of weeks is it gonna be your, your first time seeing them no it'll be my second time oh amazing oh that's amazing i really i really really want to do it i'm telling my life too yeah you have to it's in my bucket list for sure yeah they're they're a must if you oh, okay. if yeah especially i mean they're they're incredible they're one of my absolute favorites always been yeah. a huge impact yeah. so radiohead pink floyd uh i i love the doors as well i love I, really the classics i love them you know Jimi hendrix uh you know like all these really uh iconic janice joplin of course uh well, I also I kind of I kind of very eclectic in music. I like a lot of different things. You remember that I yeah. showed you this Peruvian? Uh, uh, it's like a two guy band or like DJs really. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I we still listen to that. Yeah, and they're amazing. They're like really. They've always been ever since I heard them for the first time. They've always remained like one of my favorites ever. It's like a lot of. And I remember this is a little fun fact. Correct and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you contact them to ask if you could use one of their songs in a project that you did? Oh uh, yes, I, I made a short film, a fiction, and uh, yes, I asked them for for because I performed actually. They they went to Quito to play, and I pre I performed before them with another band, and uh, I was doing the dance. So after I. I did the dancing uh, when they were going to come up on stage. I approached them and I asked them, like, hey, you know, I have this project and I think it would go amazing with your music. And is it OK if I use some songs? Uh, do you give me the rights? And they said, yeah, of course, uh, you can use whatever you want. And uh, and I told them I would send them. But I actually, you know, ne I never sent them the project because I am such a perfectionist that I still <laughs> you didn't want to. No, every time I look at this project, I'm like, no, this is not ready. I need to change this. And, and it's been changing and I still don't know the end to it. I have like a three alternative endings that I made and I am very confused <laughs> as to which one to use and uh, until that's not so decided. This, they're probably sitting at their computer still to this day waiting for you to send send that to them. Yeah, probably. And I am very ashamed that I haven't actually, I, you know, I really need to uh, get this, this over with because it's okay to be a perfectionist, you know, like sometimes it's good because it really pushes me to the limit, but sometimes it's too much. I mean, I think sometimes it comes to actually accepting that what you made is never going to be perfect, but that's what's so beautiful about it, that you make and you create all the time, even knowing that it's never going to be completely a hundred percent what you want or perfect you know and yeah learning to let go yeah that's so always I, a difficult point yeah i think i have to start there actually <laughs> so i have one last question for you and it's a kind of a tough question so if you can't answer it that's okay but what is it that you feel you can contribute positively to the world that is unique to you for me i kind of contribute i would say in being myself so therefore uh really you know maybe telling or showing people and telling them with how i am that it's okay to be yourself and it's actually better to yourself than to be someone that you're not so whatever it is that you're feeling and that 
you think and that how you see things you should really work on that and and really look into it and and you know i think you should use it because i think as a tool i think everyone is so unique in their own way that in in a way you know maybe this is why we're here maybe this is why we're in one single space sharing with other people because everyone can contribute in a way and that's unique and what I think with the the problem nowadays that we're having in the world in general, that we were talking about all these hardships that, that, that I went through, you know, with Yara, also you, and that it's a common thing because of how people judge. I think this is because of fear, you know, and, and fear basically of, of being yourself and of being honest. And uh, if people would overcome that more, I think everything would be better. So basically that's how I think I, I contribute, you know, to just being myself and hoping that others would be too and encouraging it you changed your instagram handle recently oh what, yeah what is, do you what is your instagram account now right now is reina del aguacate which means queen of avocados that's your instagram handle and then do you use email or do you like when people get a hold of you through email or do you like when people contact you through instagram yeah i think it's better instagram is more instant you know it's way faster and simple so i like it better when uh, i am contacted through there and besides really you know like facebook i don't really use much anymore i don't really like it um but uh the thing with instagram is that i feel is very like uh it's like me but in in a of course in a social media you know like uh it's it's like very much it speaks a lot about who i am as a person and as a woman and as an individual so that's kind of where you put a lot of your energy to as far as your social perception and how yeah, you connect with so, the public. I, yes, I feel that I, I have good uh, feedback there. I have a lot of people that uh, I talk to also and people that think and see kind of the world in the same way. So we share ideas all the time. And the only thing that I hate about it is the censorship. You know, it really pisses me off that you have to censor it and the nipples and, you know, all this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it gets a little tedious sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah, there's always, there's always going to be a hurdle. But it, yeah. I just want to thank you for taking this time away from your beautiful family. Uh, I know it's probably yeah. getting late there, too, in, in Berlin. But thank you so much for talking to me i really appreciate yeah, it no, thank you so much it was such a lovely experience i actually uh, learned a lot more from myself and from you which i really like and uh i really hope that uh, we can talk soon and say hi to hannah and all the people absolutely thank you to everyone that has listened and as this is a new project we would love to hear your feedback as well as any suggestions you might have this could be in relation to how to make the show better to guests that we could even interview, but you can contact me at grant at gtrimble.com. That's G R A N T at G T R I M B L E.com or visit my website for show notes. That's gtrimble.com and then click the podcast link. Don't forget to follow Maria on Instagram. That's at Reina del Aguacate, R E I N A D E L A G U C A T E as well as my Instagram, gtrimble underscore photo. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please let your loved ones know and show your support by clicking the subscribe button as well as spreading the word. In a